Hello, you're listening to uh, On Israel in Al Monitor. I am Ben Kaspi from Tel Aviv. Israel's uh, new government, other Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, I still haven't gotten used to this uh, new name after 12 Netanyahu years, and Foreign Minister Yair Lapid, took its first hesitant steps last week. It's obviously uh, way too soon to tell if it can survive and for how long, and what defense and security policies it will adopt. But there is one hope that many people are entertaining, that this change in government also marks the start of healing and reconciliation between Israel and the Jewish diaspora. The deep grief that developed uh, during the Netanyahu era reached a point of almost open hostility, largely between Netanyahu's right-wing base and the vast majority of American Jews, most of whom are reform or conservative. This crisis peaked after the Netanyahu government caved under pressure from its uh, ultra-Orthodox partners and backtracked on the historic arrangement allowing men and women to pray together at the Western world. Netanyahu himself essentially abandoned efforts to reconcile with the liberal American Jewry in favor of deeper ties with American evangelical Christians. In what was a parallel and related shift, Netanyahu broke with the Democratic Party in favor of close identification with the Republicans and especially with Donald Trump. Are those uh, days over? Can the new government reconcile with the U.S. Jewish community, allow mixed prayer at the Western Wall, and find its way to the hearts of liberal American Jews, especially the young generation that is turning an increasingly cold shoulder to Israel. Will Israel return to its original liberal values, allowing freedom of worship for all its citizens and staying out of its citizens' personal lives? Can the reactionary spirit that has taken gradual hold of Israel be reversed? How can anyone be optimistic about these prospects when what we have here for the first time in Israeli history is a religious Yarmulka-wearing Prime Minister who holds distinctly right-wing views. Our guest today is a leading authority on these issues. Dr. Izhar Hess was uh, for many years the CEO of the Conservative Judaism Movement in Israel and currently serves as Deputy Chair of the World Zionist Organization. Hess is a strong critique of what he calls the hegemony of fundamental Judaism, and an enthusiastic believer in reconciliation between liberal Judaism and Israel. We will talk about his hopes of uh, the new government and other issues right after this brief break. If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously care about the Middle East. And if you do, you should probably be reading El Monitor. El Monitor is a global newsroom headquartered in Washington, D.C., with a network of over 160 contributors around the world. El Monitor offers first-class reporting and analysis from a range of perspectives and an approach that represents the highest journalistic standards, as well as an award-winning commitment to press freedom and independence. If you haven't done so already, visit us at elmonitor.com, check out our articles, and sign up for our free newsletters. There's a lot to choose from, including the Week in Review, an essay that offers unusual insights and forecasts into the region based upon Elmonitor's outstanding reporting. 
And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to our El Monitor podcast on your favorite podcast platform on Israel with Ben Caspit and on the Middle East with me, Andrew Parasoliti. Now, uh, let's say uh, shalom and hello to Dr. Izar Hess. How are you, Izar? Fine. How are you, Ben? Thank you for joining us here in On Israel in Al Monitor. And let's uh, dive into business. And uh, of course, we are talking about the, the huge crisis between uh, Israel, uh, the Jews in Israel, the previous government in Israel, and the Jewish diaspora, especially in the United States. And I wanted to ask you to begin with, are you pinning your hope? <coughs> I'm sorry, your hopes on the new government to improve Israel's relationship with the Jewish diaspora, and specifically with American Jewry. After all, the government has uh, pledged to maintain the status quo on sensitive issues such as religion. So actually, um, the the answer is positive. Yes, I am pinning my hope on uh, the new government. I think that uh, in spite of the fact that uh, there will not be uh, revolutions vis-a-vis state and religion issues in the, this government, there are a few, uh, I would call them low-hanging fruits that uh, would be uh, uh, discussed and dealt with. And I would like to hope that uh, uh, the first one would be uh, the Kotel Agreement to implement it. And uh, I'm also a little bit uh, optimistic about some other issues vis-a-vis uh, uh, -vis, uh, some sort of civil marriage, maybe uh, a reform with uh, conversion and with uh, kashrut. But um, if you talked about the rift between uh, Israel and world Jewry, I think that one of the first act symbolically and, uh, and not, also, not, not only symbolically, but also content-wise would be uh, the Kotel Agreement. So let's uh, let, let's talk about this. I remember very well how uh, I think Netanyahu's first government in these uh, 12 consecutive years of reign uh, dealt with it, and he nominated the, the secretary of government then. Now he's attorney general, Avichai uh, Mandelblit, to 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 bring such, some some format to 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 settle this down. And uh, what uh, I think, do you think the most significant, uh, significant cause of the rift between Israel and the liberal American Jews, is it really the Western Wall Agreement that was uh, resigned because after the, the government approved this agreement, there was a, a huge pressure from the, the Haredi Orthodox uh, press on the Haredi Orthodox politicians and then Netanyahu just canceled it. Indeed, you know, we negotiated with the Netanyahu government for four years. It was uh, uh, Secretary uh, Mendelblit and uh, Chairman uh, Sharansky that led this uh, very interesting, intensive four years that uh, uh, we negotiated. And uh, I must tell you that we even sat personally with uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu for many times, not only with his teams. And I'm quite confident that he really wanted this, uh, this uh, deal. To, uh, to happen, to implement. But uh, because of the uh, political scenario that you described, uh, six months, exactly six months after uh, the government voted for this deal, it was 15 uh, against five, uh, the government decided, the same government decided to table it, to freeze it. 
And uh, I'm not sure, Ben, if uh, this is the main reason for a rift between Israel and, uh, and the American Jewry, but it's definitely a symbolic rift and something that uh, can be considered as a spit in the face because uh, uh, such a big drama and such a big uh, uh, in good intentions from uh, our side, at least, and to bring it to such a fiasco at the end because of uh, very small and manipulative uh, political uh, scenario, I think it was one, uh, one step too much. And uh, it is definitely known and felt as a big insult that uh, the leadership of uh, the American jury feels. So let's let's hope this will be fixed. But uh, what do we think? What can be done, in your opinion, in this government about the conversion issue? And do you think uh, even the general issue of, of liberal uh, Israel that was used to, to be here and then uh, maybe it was replaced by a more conservative uh, religious uh, right wing Israel? Does this also affect the, the, the relationship between Israel and the liberal Jews in the United States? Yes, definitely. Uh, uh, this is a, a phenomena that we see uh, very vividly. Israel is turning um, slowly or not slowly. Israel is turning to be more uh, religious, more uh, conservative as a small C, um, more right wing, at least until this uh, government. And uh, most Jews in the world, and especially in North America, are leaning towards uh, a more liberal way of thinking politically and otherwise. And um, sometimes these kinds of uh, uh, phenomena can be bridged. It's not the end of the world, but uh, Netanyahu's government, one of the things that was so, uh, 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 was so uh, in there, you know, you could feel it every day is the way that, uh, known paradigm of being uh, bipartisan, of working uh, jointly with the uh, um, um, uh, Democrat, uh, Democrat Party in the US, uh, which 70% of Jews vote for, and the Republican Party to do it in a way that would not give any one of the sides the feeling that the Israeli government is working against uh, uh, him. Uh, this is something that wasn't kept. And putting that and the trend that we just talked about uh, brought us to uh, a place where uh, it is really, uh, um, it was really felt and still feels that uh, Israel is almost trying to push aside the majority of uh, world Jewry, especially in North America, in a way that makes them feel that they are not considered any more uh, reliable or important or partners for a dialogue, not to mention the fact that uh, no longer a family. Exactly. And uh, I could feel it very strongly. It's not only reliable partners, it's, it, it, they're supposed to be our brother, brothers and sisters. And part of the, this whole thing of the, of the Zionist dream and the establishment of Israel, and I want to talk about it, but let's first uh, uh, talk about an article you wrote recently in Haaretz in which you attacked uh, or criticized former ambassador Ron Dermer for saying that he, he, he regards the uh, evangelical community in the United States as Israel's base of support, uh, rather than liberal Jews. Do you think Benjamin Netanyahu essentially divorced himself and, uh, and Israel from the liberal Judaism uh, of our time? And I, I'm asking this because I personally heard from many people that spoke with uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu 
that he just he, he canceled or, or deleted the very fact that we have between six and seven million Jews in the United States. He regards them as, as, as an entity that is not with us anymore. And, and I quote, he says, uh, their intermarriage, etc., will will take us to a place that this uh, jury will not be existing 10, 15, 20 years from now. He's, he's describing it like we are in a plateau and a few miles ahead of us, there is a cliff and suddenly they will be, they will vanish. Do you know what I'm talking about? And why did you, was you so ignited by the, the Dermer interview that he gave to Amit Segal? And by the way, he insisted uh, on speaking in English. The interview was in Israel. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Ron Dermer was uh, one of the ambassadors of Israel in uh, Washington that served for the most time, eight years. Yeah. And uh, one could say that he forgot uh, speaking English. I'm not sure why did he choose to, to be interviewed only in English, not in Hebrew, but forgot, nevertheless, that was- Forgot speaking Hebrew. <laughs> Probably. Yes. After yes. eight years of shlichut, sometimes it happens. Yes. But, but you know, uh, 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 the reason why I wrote this very harsh article uh, uh, about Ron Dermer was not, not because of Ron Dermer. You know, uh, he made what he was sent to do. And uh, as you heard it from Prime Minister Netanyahu, I heard not, I did not hear the same, uh, uh, the same things from his mouth, but from many others. I remember sitting in Yariv Levin's uh, uh, office, and I was stunned to hear what he said about reform and conservative, conservative Jews. And now he feels, uh, and he wasn't even uh, uh, shy to say that, uh, you know, enough already with North American Jewry. It is a phenomena that will step down of world's history in a few years. So why bother? Now, this claim is not only false. It is anti-Zionist. It is post-Zionist. It is something that, that set aside the most fundamental values of uh, the Zionist entity, of the Zionist experiment. And therefore, it is something that uh, uh, is so shocking because sometimes you feel that... Uh, the right wing, at least the right wing in Israel claims that it's very Zionistic. And here you go, claims that are not Zionistic by virtue. But the, the main thing is, Ben, that it is simply wrong. Uh, um, um, our brothers and sisters in North America, it's not a gola, it's not exile, it's tfutsa, it's a Jewish community that is strong and uh, is uh, lively. Yes, it has challenges. Yes, it has challenges in more than one way, but do not, uh, do, don't ask the, uh, the challenges that we are facing here as a Jewish community, as the state of Israel are not less dramatic, but still none of us feels that we should uh, let go and uh, simply uh, um, uh, ignore it uh, uh, and uh, think that we are not one family. Uh, the, the, the fact that they decided so strongly in the last few years to stick to the evangelicals and uh, to say, hey, uh, the organization of uh, Zionist uh, uh, evangelicals has uh, uh, 10 million people members. It's much more than Jewish America. Not so only not try... only numbers. Is I'm sorry that I, I interrupt you. It's not only the numbers that what, what the prime minister and his people are saying, it's th they they love Israel and support Israel unconditionally, <laughs> right. unlike many of the liberal Jews that criticize Israel and from time to time vote against Israel, etc. 
Yes. So, so, so they are more in numbers. They are nicer. They, 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 they give us good treatment. So why bother uh, uh, with the Jews? So, uh, a, it is false. B, it's not uh, Zionistic. But, but C, you know, there was an there was a certain uh, um, a scholar that just uh, investigated it. Uh, a professor in one of in North Carolina University, a very uh, a strong and sophisticated uh, um, um, examine. And uh, we just learned that the second generation of evangelical Jews, uh, evangelical Christians, sorry, are less, much less supportive of Israel. So phenomena that we do see within young generation, the millennials in, in the US, we see it also with evangelicals. So it is something that, that, that in so many, many parameters makes me furious about this uh, uh, not legit, I think, Zionist policy, and I must say that I was insulted. I was insulted as a Jew, as a Zionist, as an Israeli. I'm the vice chairman of the World Zionist Organization, and to feel that uh, um, uh, an official, uh, that the prime minister and one of uh, our ambassadors is uh, stro so strongly uh, uh, feels that if a Jew criticizes the state of Israel, he is less important to, uh, to our nation. This is something that is, it is simply uh, uh, insulting, not just and something that I hope that the new government will be fixing. So it's interesting. I, I, I was not aware of it. You actually said that the, the second generation challenge exists not only among uh, American Jews, but among everyone, even the evangelical uh, Christians in the United States. So why see it uh, and identify it only uh, within the Jews? Okay, C can you uh, dive for me to, to numbers? Uh, there are a lot of... Uh, theories about how many Jews are there in the, the United States and maybe to cut them into the, 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 the movements, the, the Orthodox, the Reform, the, the Conservative, uh, how many of them are connected in, in, in any way to Israel, etc.? So uh, uh, there are uh, uh, between 14 to 17 uh, million Jews in the world. It depends on the different uh, demographer that uh, you, you are asking. But about uh, um, uh, six to seven million here in Israel, about uh, six to seven and a half, maybe eight million in uh, North America, depends whom, uh, whom you ask. And it basically means that the, two, uh, that the majority of the Jewish people live in two places, in Israel and in uh, 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 North America. Historically, one could find the metaphor of Babylon and Jerusalem, but, uh, uh, and it has more than, than, than just a metaphor here. But uh, definitely, the, when we talk about uh, the Jewish people, this is where they are, and about a million, a million and a half, uh, maybe two in other parts of the world. Now, within uh, North American Jewry, the last survey that was published just a few weeks ago, uh, the Pew survey, um, um, you know, divides the, the number of, um, of uh, Jews in North America to different streams, and about 35% uh, of North American Jewry is reformed, about 17% uh, is uh, conservative, um, uh, Orthodox uh, Jews are about 9% only of, uh, of uh, Jews who live in uh, North America, and uh, the rest are not affiliated with any, uh, with any stream or with one of small very um, you know, small streams, the reconstructionist and uh, the renewal. It means that the vast majority of North American Jewry is affiliated with one of the non-Orthodox uh, uh, streams. Now, what is so important here, Ben, 
is to see how the fact is in Israel. In Israel, about 27, 28% of the Jews would identify themselves with the Orthodox, either Haredi Orthodox or, uh, or a Zionist uh, Nitid Kippa Orthodox, um, or what is known uh, as modern Orthodox. So it's about 27, 28% in Israel, about 9% in North America. And it basically means that the smallest category of Jews uh, uh, in the world identify with orthodoxy. They are not the majority in spite of the fact that in Israel, some people think that even in Israel, or at least in Israel, this is the majority, which is simply uh, not right. Uh, seven to eight percent in Israel identify themselves with either reform or conservative uh, uh, Judaism. And it means that if Israel is the nation state of the Jewish people, it cannot, simply cannot ignore the, the, the costumes, the, the minhagim, the, um, uh, the way of thinking, the outlook of the non-Orthodox uh, uh, Jewry, because if it does so, it means that it cannot say justly that this is the nation state of the Jewish people. It is as simple as that. I think no one will be able to answer it, uh, 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 but, but it's still a very good question. How many Jews will be in the United States 20 or 30 years from now if we are talking about 50% or maybe more of intermarriage of Jews with Christians, etc.? Do you, do you share the, the, the negative theory of Netanyahu that uh, these, Jew, these Jews are going to disappear? Well, it is definitely something that uh, I am fear for. You know, this is something that we need to take into consideration and to think what can be done. It's definitely a huge challenge. To tell you that anyone could, uh, uh, could uh, say what would happen in uh, 10 or 20 or 30 years, it is something that is close to ridiculous because we know that history doesn't work this way and demography uh, more, than any, more than any other fields. And here we need to be creative, you know, None of us uh, uh, knew in 1948 how many Jews would live in Israel in 1958. Uh, uh, none of us could, could, could think in Germany of 1930 what would happen in Germany of 1950, how many Jews would live there. So it means basically that history has its own path. But I'm not talking about uh, a catastrophe, God forbid, but it could be from a different uh, uh, angle. You know, uh, the North American Jewry, this Tfutsa, uh, uh, lives in, um, as a minority in a surrounding society that accepts uh, uh, that minority with dignity and with respect and with open arms. We know from history that it's not easy for any minority to uh, have its own identity when the surrounding environment is so accepting. Having said that, Maybe, and this is something not for my movement, for the conservative movement, definitely for, not for the orthodox movement, but maybe for the reform movement to, to find uh, the right solution that I think that they are working on and implementing on a daily basis to see what can we offer as a Jewish people to couples that one of uh, uh, the sides of uh, the couple isn't Jewish, either the man or the, uh, the woman. And if indeed they are able and they are working hard on it, if they are able to uh, uh, create a congregation that accepts these kinds of families and help them to raise their children Jewishly, I'm sure that uh, in years to come, the Jewish people at large would find solutions for this, what we call today mixed families. 
because it begins and ends in uh, uh, education. And it might be then in, uh, then in uh, 100 years from now, the, uh, the way we would define what Judaism is and who is a Jew would be different than what it is today. We know that in biblical times, it wasn't by the mother, it was by the father. Then uh, rabbinical Judaism uh, uh, created this uh, halakha that we uh, live by today where it's only via the mother. But I can see, I, you know, not again, not in, my, my, uh, uh, not in my movement, not in conservative Judaism, but I can see a way that the Jewish people at large would find a way to come to terms with the fact that today, in today's world, there is more than one way to define what is a Jewish family. And if indeed it works, and the, the head of the uh, reform movement calls this a policy, we need to accept these couples in audacious hospitality, kabbalat panim nechusha, because that would determine how the Jewish people look like in years to come. And I must tell you, Ben, I am optimistic. I think that Judaism has a lot to offer. It has a lot to offer, not only in days of catastrophe, it has a lot to offer in nowadays, when we live in prosperity, when Jews in most parts of the world are not under uh, um, uh, attack, uh, in spite of this anti-Semitism that we see today. And I think that uh, in this kind of env environment, we must be as creative as it could be in order to make sure that Jewish continuity in, indeed uh, uh, will, will definitely be part of our uh, future in years to come. Talking about uh, restoring the the wounds or the or healing the wounds of uh, be, between Israel and the and the Jews in the United States, what do you feel when you see the the new government? On one hand, you have uh, people like uh, Nachman Shai, uh, like Elazar Stern, uh, uh, that makes you hopeful. I guess uh, you have a president, a new president, like Itzhak Bougie Herzog, uh, uh, that was uh, just the, the chairman of the Jewish Agency. On the other hand, Prime Minister is a, is a, is a religious man called Naftali Bennett. He's not a reform. So how do you see this new reality affects the relationship we're talking about? So uh, there are reasons to be optimistic about this uh, um, uh, government. Um, for a minute about Naftali Bennett. Naftali Bennett was a minister for uh, the diaspora. Uh, for um, for quite a few years, I think it was uh, almost a decade ago, and he is the one who built uh, the platform that you have today in the Kotel Mishpachot in Azarat Israel in the egalitarian Kotel. So he is very much aware of uh, of the necessity to uh, bring a solution to this uh, tension. And on a personal level, you know, Naftali Bennett had his bar mitzvah in a conservative Masorti congregation in Haifa. Uh, so he grew up know in, uh, in our movement. It's his family. Yeah, both his father and mother were living in San Francisco. They made an aliyah at, uh, in, I think, 1967. So actually his bar mitzvah was uh, yes, I didn't know it was in the conservative community. Okay, so you're hopeful yes, about it. Yeah, in Haifa, they were members, and then when the, this congregation became fully egalitarian, they, felt they moved uh, to uh, to Orthodox congregation, but still, he knows very well our movement, and I think appreciates the fact that not everyone in the Jewish world, religiously or not religiously, is Orthodox. 
but uh, definitely uh, uh, um, uh, the other uh, members of the government are very much uh, aware of who we are, the fact that the majority of the world is not orthodox, uh, from uh, Lapid to uh, Trooper, Elazar, that, uh, Elazar Stern that you mentioned, and, um, and uh, of course, Nachman Shai, the new minister for the Tfutsot, who uh, I was in his uh, first speech when he uh, replaced um, Minister Renkelevich, and he spoke very bluntly and very strongly about the fact that Israel should treat equally all streams of uh, Judaism. I'm sure that he'll try to do his best. It's not an easy government, and yes, they are committed to status quo, but sometimes it's the fact that you have a seat next to the table that makes a difference. And here, after many years, we feel that we do have a seat next to the table. Yes, this is and this is huge. And I want to. I, we are out of time. I have uh, two, uh, two more questions. I will unite them uh, into one. Uh, first, it's not a secret that the most most of American Jews hold liberal views and vote for the Democrats. Is there a link between the Israeli government's relationship with the Democratic Party, especially under a Democratic president, and uh, its relationship with the American American Jewry? And secondly. Uh, talking about the second generation crisis, uh, how real is the crisis of identity among young American Jews in their attitude toward Israel? And do you think it can be fixed from uh, with with uh, uh, things like Taglit, etc.? So, so for the first part of your question, yeah, yes, you know the, the crisis was big. Uh, uh, if the majority of world Jewry. Uh, and let's talk about the leaders of world jury in, uh, in, uh, of, of, of North American jury. The majority of the leaders of North American jury did not step uh, into uh, Trump's White House. You know, I do not know any reform rabbi who was ever there in any Hanukkah or Pesach reception or whatever, and uh, only one conservative rabbi who, uh, who uh, decided to accept an invitation. The, the, the hatred was so big because of all the reasons that uh, we know, so there was no dialogue. And at the same time, the Israeli government danced the most intimic uh, uh, dance with that um, uh, president. So it definitely means that the new government, uh, both in Israel and especially in, uh, in the US, will, uh, will open options that uh, were not there before. Uh, so on that, I'm very uh, optimistic. I, I do think, though, that the second generation of Jews in North America sets um, a different kind of paradigm that is not necessarily linked into the state and religion issues that we talked about before. The big elephant in the room, and yes, we need to acknowledge it, is uh, uh, the tension or the relationship or the fact that there is no peace process with the Palestinians for so many years now. And uh, uh, the reality of whether you like the word occupation or you don't like, the reality of the perception of occupation uh, uh, in, in, in our neighborhood, this is something that is not easily digest by uh, a young uh, Jewish American. And it causes so many um, problems with identifying with Israel. Um, by the way, therefore, I, 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 I'm very hopeful when someone in North America criticizes Israel. I'm hopeful because it means that there is a relationship, there is something to build on, there is a dialogue that needs to be fixed or dealt with and, and maybe to solve. But there are many of that generation that do not dialogue anymore. 
that they are so frustrated from the fact that Israel talked peace for so many years but never did peace, that uh, uh, this is something that I hope that uh, uh, will be dealt with seriously in the next few years, because otherwise it might be the most challenging uh, um, issue that we will be facing with North American Jewry, all generation and young generation alike. I'm, I, I don't share this optimism because yeah, I suddenly re remind myself that the Prime Minister is Nafali Bennett and you have in this government Gidon Saar and Zev Elkin and Ayelet Shaked. So I don't see a, a, a dramatic peace process with the Palestinians in the horizon, but uh, let's wait and see. Uh, anyway, inshallah, inshallah. <laughs> it was uh, really fascinating. Dr. Izares, I thank you very much for joining us today. And uh, we'll take a short break right now and be uh, back uh, right after it with some final thoughts. Thank you, Izar. Toda. Toda Abba. I'm Andrew Parasoliti, president of the award-winning media news site, El Monitor, where we cover the Middle East with some of the best reporters and columnists anywhere. And I'm excited to announce our new podcast, On the Middle East, where each week I will interview newsmakers from the U.S. and the region about the latest news and trends with additional commentary from our on-the-ground correspondents. Those of you who follow the region know that what happens in the Middle East doesn't stay in the Middle East. And to cite another great movie line, every time the U.S. tries to get out, the region pulls us back. Your time is valuable, so let me promise you this. You will learn something and you will never be bored because each week we'll be talking with and listening to those leaders who are making the news and shaping the trends in this critical and fascinating region. So please subscribe to On the Middle East with me, Andrew Parasoliti. Thank you for staying with us. Uh, I think that our guest today, uh, Dr. Izar Hess, uh, the, the deputy chair of the World uh, Zionist, uh, Zionist Organization, I think we can define his attitude right now to, do, to the huge crisis between Israel and the diaspora Jews as cautious optimism. First of all, if I'll uh, make any analysis of, uh, of this conversation, because it, could, uh, it can never be worse. After 12 Netanyahu years, uh, out of the four Netanyahu Trump years, anything right now can be only an improvement of this uh, uh, lousy situation uh, when uh, many, many, many Jews in the United States are losing interest in Israel especially among the young generation. I think uh, Dr. Hess's uh, optimism is coming from uh, looking at the, the new government and uh, the new hopes with Naftali Bennett as prime minister. He is a religious uh, Israeli with a Yarmulke, but he used to be the minister of diaspora. His bar mitzvah, as uh, Dr. Hess just uh, discovered uh, and, and told us, uh, was held in a conservative uh, community in Haifa. And you have uh, other people in this government like uh, Nachman Shai, the minister of diaspora, who knows very well from a uh, close range, the, the American jury and Elazar Stern. And uh, in the coalition from labor, we have Rabbi uh, Reform, Rabbi Gilad Kariv. So 
Dr. Hess uh, thinks that uh, there is a lot to repair and there is a chance that this government at least will start doing so. I hope uh, you found this conversation interesting and I hope to find you here next week in an, uh, on Israel in an Al Monitor. I'm Ben Kaspit from Tel Aviv. Thank you. Take care.